Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Stuart Crawford in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and welcome to Small Business IT Radio, a weekly webcast geared towards IT professionals and owners of small business consulting firms to help us better service our clients out there and take care of business in the IT, and especially the small business IT space. And I was uh, on the phone for the last 10 minutes chatting with our guest, and I turned around to look out the window, and the snow is coming down like you wouldn't believe here. So we're broadcasting from snowy Calgary, Alberta, this morning. And on the line, we have uh, Eric Ligman, and we're going to be talking about uh, the Open Value Subscription Program that Microsoft just in, uh, announced on New Year's Day, and I think going live uh, first part of March here. as another licensing model that we can bring Microsoft products to our end clients. And but before we do that, you know, just a few housekeeping things. We're on blogtalkradio.com. And if you're interested in webcasting, Blog Talk Radio is a great place to start. And it's absolutely free. You just got to go on and sign up for an account, and then you're broadcasting to the world via the Internet. And some upcoming shows next week, we are uh, interviewing Harry Brelsford from SMB Nation. And we're going to talk about the, what's coming up in 2008 in SMB and things we need to be on the lookout for. And we just uh, announced March the 7th, we're going to have Matt Bakowitz on talking about some of the objections that we're receiving to selling managed services to our client base. Anyway, let's get on with today's show. We have Eric Ligman on the line who's joining us from Microsoft's Redmond campus in uh, the Pacific Northwest. Good morning, Eric. Uh, I bet you the weather's a lot better out there than it is here. Good morning, Stuart. Yeah, I can say we, we don't have a whole lot of snow coming down today. So, <laughs> But you know, being, being formerly from the Midwest, I can say I, I do miss it a little bit. Yeah, you're originally from Wisconsin, is that correct? Uh, il- Northern Illinois. Okay, so same yep. area, basically. You know what it's like to get a lot of snow in, uh, in a hurry. Exactly. And actually, I think I believe back home they are right now. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. I actually was just at the Flames game last night, and they're playing the Blackhawks, so kind of a nice little uh, segue into there. So we lost, unfortunately, but that happens. <laughs> now, for those, for those that don't know Eric, Eric's with Microsoft, and uh, he is the evangelist when it comes to life, any licensing-type stuff. runs a great blog on, uh, on Microsoft's blogging uh, community. But for those that don't know Eric, I'm going to let him do the honor of introducing himself uh, to the world here and to the community. Eric, you know, for those that don't know who you are, maybe give a quick rundown of who you are, what you, know, what you have done in your career, and, and what you're doing today. Sure. Um, so, again, Eric Ligman, uh, my current role is I'm the Senior Manager of Community Engagement here at Microsoft on the U.S. Small Business Team I'm based out of Redmond. Uh, so a little bit of my history, uh, way, way back when, I actually used to be in the channel, so I used to work for a, par- a partner and uh, then moved moved on and started my own company, and we started selling licensing, uh, two PCs in a basement, doing uh, 10 SKUs, or sorry, 12 SKUs, 10 were Microsoft, and we grew into system building, hardware, network integration, training, eventually grew to have customers in 25 countries. Um, then just around the turn of the century, I was talking to some Microsoft people, made the switch over to Microsoft, and I've been with Microsoft now since 2000, first day of the year, I've been, I was in our field sales organization for about five and a half years, working with partners directly, helping them build their business in the SMSP space. And then in 2005, uh, made the transition to Redmond to expand upon a pilot program we started back in Midwest around a small business initiative to try driving small business, which grew into a regional model and now exists on a national level. And so in the current role, 
uh, we have a field team, the partner community managers, focus across the U.S., and we focus very heavily on uh, the SMS&P space, and we do a lot of work with the SBSC community, our small business specialist community. We do a lot of work with helping partners understand how to engage with Microsoft, what resources are available, how to drive their business. And then the other part of my role is, uh, well, two other sections. So one is I'm one of the co-leads of the open license uh, strategy here in the U.S., and I'm on point for the open value subscription program coming forward in March. So from a licensing side, from a community side, and then I run a couple uh, an online community site for small and mid-sized partners called the Microsoft Small Business Channel Community. It's at msmallbiz.com. We have a user group. We have a blog. We have a website. But again, trying to get, bring resources out to partners and show them how to engage with Microsoft. Um, that, that you know, there really are ways to engage and the resources that are there and how to help grow a business. And for me, it's great because I get to inter interface with a lot of partners in forums like this or at live events or online and get the feedback and the pulse and understand how can we help, where can we try to fit in. So, uh, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Oh, you're welcome. And are you the brains behind the We've Got a Guy campaign? Yes. Uh, so we, 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 We've Got a Guy was a, was a fun campaign to, to put together. Uh, we were looking at you know, working, again, working with the partners for years and understanding you know, what are the things you're looking for. And when we came out with small business specialists, one of the things we heard was, hey, we need some awareness around the badge, right, the blue uh, the monogram for small business specialist community. And so we're trying to think of how do we uh, sort of help do that. And it was so funny because all the time we talk to partners and they'll say, you know, I talk to a customer, I go in to make a, to, to make a sales call and I'll say, well, that's okay, we've, we've got a guy. That we're, we're, we're covered, and it's always that we've got a guy phrase came up all over the place, and I thought, you know, let's, let's, let's have a little bit of fun with this. And so, and of course, in my history, I've done a little, uh, a few off-brand things like less than coffee, less than fries. So, so I decided, let's do we've got a guy. So we went out with the we've got a guy site and put together some videos, say, you know, sort of showing some random situations and what can happen if you just use anyone to do uh, some daily chores and what, how disastrous that could turn out. You know, why would you bet your business on a guy? It's time to look for a professional. Look for somebody you can trust your business to. And if you're looking around the Microsoft technologies, that is a Microsoft small business specialist. And so there's a page out there that has the videos and shows, talks about small business specialists and links to a small business specialist locator. It's a wonderful, wonderful website. I even use it up here in Canada to drive uh, you know, awareness around uh, the small business specialist brand, even though it's more tailored to uh, those partners south of, uh, south of us here. <laughs> but let's uh, you know let's just dig right into uh, the licensing because that's kind of what I want to chat about today. And in, for those partners that are maybe not aware, Eric, of you know open license, op you know the open business, open value, and are out there you know reselling you know Dell or CDW type machines that are coming preloaded with you know OEM type uh, software, or maybe they're buying retail boxes. What are some of the you know things that would that you would say to a partner to have them start looking at? the reasons why they should either look at open business or open value type licensing compared to OEM. Yeah, it's interesting because if you look at you know, software itself and when you, when you acquire software, one of the things people generally forget is you're not actually buying the software. And again, it's not just Microsoft, any software out there. You're not actually acquiring the software. What you're buying is the rights to use the software under the terms of your license. And it's interesting is, you know, if you buy Microsoft Office via OEM or retail or volume licensing, if you actually look at the licenses side by side, you'll notice there are very different rights included inside the licenses. And so when you look at it, you know, 
you think about you know, sort of in a model, OEM is is a very inexpensive way to get to acquire some technology. Uh, but as such, it also has less rights written into the agreement. And then you have retail, which costs the most, designed for our consumers. And then you have volume licensing, which is designed for businesses. Uh, so, you know, why would you look to volume, for instance, instead of OEM or retail when talking to your business customers? A lot of it comes down to the rights and what you get, and then some cost savings. So. For instance, you talk about the most common things people will utilize. They'll utilize downgrade rights. They'll utilize transfer rights, uh, network storage and use, and electronic licenses. I mean, how many times have you ever gone in to, to do a deployment for a client and you ask them for their licenses and they open up the closet? And it's this closet full of boxes and stuff and they say our licenses are somewhere in there. Or they hand you a CD jewel case with the, the, the uh, key code on the back and they think that's their license. And you realize quickly they have no clue what they really own. And that's because they're buying... Uh, through either, you know, maybe for instance an OEM or a retail channel where you know, you're actually given proof of your licensure at time of purchase and you have to manage that physically. And for small and mid-sized businesses, that can be a challenge managing, you know, paper licenses. Volume licensing programs such as Open Business, Open Value provide electronic licenses. They're stored up on our eOpen website or MVLS website. So they can log in and they have access to their licenses right there. They cannot be lost. So they're managed for them. So it gives them some, some asset protection inside their business. And then you look at the other rights, like, for instance, the downgrade rights. And this is a, a popular topic. When you go out and buy a license, you're buying a version, access to a version. So, for instance, Office 2007. Well, you know, when a new version comes out, maybe they may not be ready to go to the new version today. They still want to use the older version. If you look at things like OEM licensing, uh, OEM Office only allows you to install the version you buy. You cannot use a prior version instead. So if you buy a machine with an OEM Office 2007, li uh, 2007 license, you can't deploy 2003 if you want to if you're still standardized in 2003. So what you'd have to do is go and buy another license of 2003 if you want to do like OEM or retail, and now you're spending more money than you need to. If you think about volume licensing, it includes downgrade rights. You could buy a 2007 license today, install the older version today at no additional charge. Then when you're ready to go 2007, you already own the most current version. You can install that now too. So it helps you save money by getting more rights the transfer rights, being able to uninstall the software off one machine and move it to a new machine when you bring it in. Again, on an OEM side, you're not going to get that. On a, on a volume license side, you will get that. And then uh, network storage and use is a big one, too. You think about using Office in a terminal services world, running it off of a remote, uh, a remote device. Again, OEM licensing doesn't provide that type of uh, rights on, uh, for its software. Volume licensing will. And so you, you, it'll depend on you know different products you have. So like some of the OEM products do have downgrades. So for instance, your Windows operating system, if you have the business version, so XP Pro or Vista Business, they would have downgrade rights. Or for instance, your servers, like Small Business Server or Windows Server, would have downgrade. But outside, when it comes to applications, there aren't any transfer rights. There aren't any. So it really comes down to getting more for your dollars and saving money. Um, and protecting the uh, protecting your investments in that technology. So yeah, that's what, that's why we designed Open License back in 1992, and then Open Value came out in 2001, and now we're happy to have Open Value subscription coming out here in 2008. Well, as a partner of Microsoft and a gold partner, we really like the Open License as well because it gives us Microsoft has the ability to see what we're we're promoting and what we're selling out there, and also from a disaster recovery a part of our business. Just like you mentioned, the transfer rights is now we can do disaster recovery scenarios with open uh, value or open business type licenses. In the case our client has a disaster, we can 
you know, easily get another machine over and get another box up and running without having to buy any other additional licenses, which is one of the key selling features we had uh, behind uh, the disaster recovery business that we went and why we stopped selling OEM server licenses, for example. So it was a really good business decision for us, and as a partner, we should, you know, everybody should be looking at, and especially as the disaster recovery business continuity starts gaining some momentum. But that's a topic for a whole other day, Eric. But one thing I want, one thing I do want to kind of miss that are out there, and then we'll get on uh, onto the open value subscription type part of the, of the chat. Is there's still lots of, uh, I, I wouldn't say uh, you know educated partners that are you know guys that are in the loop and you know following your blog and and keeping in tune of what's happening out there. But there's still a lot of shops out there that are selling OEM over the counter and think they can you know think they can do it legally by you know either attaching a power cable or a keyboard or a mouse. That loophole has been closed for a few years, I do believe. Is that correct? Yeah, so the, the system builder licensing agreement changed back, I believe it was in 2005, where in, in the past they used to say, and it was interesting, there was, there was even misunderstandings back then in that it was the Windows operating system back in, back in the day that could be sold with uh, a, a component of a system, and people took that to mean that all things could be, and that really was not the case. So, for instance, you know, Office didn't work that way, and Server didn't work that way, but people thought it did. <clears throat> and so because of the confusion, we actually just moved into a standardized system builder agreement that stated, you know, obviously system builders can buy OEM licenses through distribution on their own and use those to build the machines to distribute to their clients. But if you're a client, when you sell OEM software to a client, it states uh, directly in the system builder agreement that it must be sold with a fully assembled PC. And again, it is the fully assembled PC is defined in the agreement as you know, the major components, and it has to be pre-installed on that machine. And so some people still are of the mind thinking, oh, it's just the way it's always been. And again, that, you know, that changed back in 2005. And actually, on the office side and server side, it's been that way for many more years than that. It's just a, people were a little confused in that situation. So again, system builders have full access to them individually for systems they're going to build, because obviously that's the best way for a system builder to bring value out to their clients. But from a consumer perspective, yeah, consumers, when they buy OEM software, it's uh, to be sold uh, on a fully assembled computer system and, and pre-installed, because one of the things that people forget about OEM software is who the support and the agreement is with. Because you think about Windows, and so as a former system builder, I, I can speak directly to this, is you know, think about if you're a system builder out there and you put together a machine and you take a, a, an OEM Windows CD and drop it in the drive and go to install it, does it always fire up immediately right away, recognizing all the devices inside that inside that machine? And if you use integrated motherboards, it gets a little bit weirder, too, because of all the unique drivers that are there. So quite often, system builders will tweak the Windows installation to have the right drivers and the right system settings and everything so that when it runs, it's, the, it's optimized for that system, and you have a recovery image that goes with it. And so when you have to reinstall, you use a recovery image that's set for the hardware. Because your support agreement is with your system builder. It's not with Microsoft. Whoever, whoever sells that, that OEM software is, is obligated to do all the support behind that, and they are the ones on the hook for the for the entire agreement and everything between them and their clients. So it's a, it's a little different uh, synopsis and model compared to, for instance, volume licensing, where, you know, your agreements with Microsoft and you know, the, a lot of stuff comes from our side versus uh, system builder side. So some great value for partners to be looking at the, at the open value, open business type model. So let's just dive right into <laughs> the uh, topic for today, the new open value subscription, which you announced New Year's Day on your blog. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you know on a, in a, at a very high level, what is it, Eric? What is what is what is open value subscription? 
So Open Value Subscription is an extension of our Open Value Program, so the volume licensing program designed for clients who are interested in, in having not only the volume licensing rights, but also the software assurance benefits. And it works on a subscription, which is a non-perpetual licensing base. So it's a way to subscribe to use the software without actually going out and acquiring the software in order to use it like you would through Open Business or Open Value today. So think of it as a new delivery model with a bunch of new benefits for clients that allows them to get into technology where maybe they haven't been able to in the past and access a lot of those additional benefits that um, some of the larger companies or other companies have had access to that, that they haven't had access to in a way to standardize their business. So, I mean, it, I, get, I get it as, uh, as a small business owner myself. Uh, normally, cash flow is uh, it's a challenge day to day. This is just another way we can uh, leverage our existing, keep our existing cash flow healthy, but also get the software that we need to run our business. Yeah, absolutely. So back when we introduced Open Value, uh, one of the key things we've heard in the past was people, you know, cash is cash is king. It's, it's hard to get cash flow in the small, mid-sized business space. And so we introduced this concept called spread payments, which allowed you to spread your payments over three years. So your license costs would be over three years, and you have the annual software assurance. And then years four through six, you could continue to just pay just the software assurance components if you wanted that. But even moving forward, people are saying, you know, again, still that that's maybe a, uh, a price point that some businesses still can't achieve. And so if you look at the subscription model, it takes it really to the next level where you don't have to take on that, that cost of the license up front. You're literally just paying on an annual basis to access the software. So it dramatically reduces your upfront cost and over time. So actually, I just blogged about the break-even point of open value subscription where I did a comparison of open value subscription versus open value company-wide, open value non-company-wide, and open business, L plus SA. Sort of if you go into a subscription, at what point do your does your total expenditure equal out? Because there was questions about, oh, so if we do subscription, isn't that going to be really more expensive in the long run? Because I, I see the benefits of upfront and lowering my costs and being able to get there at a much lower price point. But what, what what's the long-term picture look like? So I ran the numbers for all the various products. And like, so, for example, Office Pro Plus, the break-even point against open value company-wide, which is a discounted price of open value, is at year nine. And compared to open value non-company-wide, the break-even point was at year 12. Wow. So what's what providing is this great way to get in today at, a, at this lower cost, and that's not even taking into account the up-to-date discount, which we can talk about in a little bit, but getting in this low cost, enabling them to have technology, and then still staying cash flow positive for years to come in their business, allowing them to, to go up or down in size and use technology to grow their business. I mean, it's a really exciting proposition, that, and we've heard a lot about it from our customers and other subsidiaries and our partners. So I have a small business. We have maybe 10 machines. We've been in business for a couple of years, Eric, and we've got maybe Office 2003. And we want to go, we've been looking at Office 2007. Our partner has been you know, giving us all the inside scoop on why we should go there. Is this something that we can upgrade to? Yeah, so it's, it's uh, definitely an opportunity to do so because through Open Value Subscription, one of the unique offerings that exists in this program does not exist in the other licensing programs, something called the up-to-date discount. And what that actually provides is a way for clients who have licenses today for either the current version of software they're going to do under Open Life Subscription or one version prior. So in your example, Office Pro 2003 is one version prior to the current being Office Pro 2007. For every license you have that's either current version or one version prior, you will receive a 50% discount on your first year payment when you move into Open Life Subscription. 
So it's, it provides that upgrade path and the way to move from your current licensing model into uh, the volume licensing structure and into the open value subscription with the software assurance benefits. And because the update discount recognizes OEM software, retail box software, or volume licensing software as qualifying licenses, regardless of what, how you purchased your licenses in the past, if you're looking to go to volume licensing to get those benefits, we talk about like you know the electronic license protection and the downgrade and transfer and network storage and use, and look getting into the software assurance benefits like the office home use rights, the e-learning courses, employee purchase program, all the things uh, that are available through software assurance, upgrade protection, this is the way to do so and receive a price discount because you have pre-existing licenses today for the Microsoft technologies you're moving into open by subscription for. So some of those old companies that still have the old uh, Office 2007 or 2002, it doesn't qualify there. It's just one prior version. That's what I understand. Is that correct? Yes, it'll be current or one prior. So on the Office side, it's 2007 or 2003. On the Windows upgrade side, it'd be Windows Vista Business or Windows XP Pro. Uh, and on the Office Small Business, it'd be 2007, 2003 as well. Okay. Explain to me what you mean by company-wide, because I heard you mention that a few times. What's the, what is the company-wide option? What does that mean? Okay, so... Through our buy-in licensing programs, the, the open value programs, you can either buy licenses non-company-wide. So, for instance, if you had a 50-PC company and you wanted 10 licenses of office, you could buy 10 licenses of office, so it's not company-wide. We introduced this concept called company-wide where you can actually sign an agreement that says, I want to cover every computer in my company for a certain technology. And so by doing that, you receive a price discount and you're now going to be covered for every PC in your company. So what you do when you go into that is you basically just count the number of computers in your, com in your company, you enter that into your agreement, and you're covered for every one now. And then through open by subscription, you do an annual true, true down, where at the end of the year, you just recount your PCs. How many do you have? That's what you fill out. You're covered now for every PC in your company. Uh, and subscription, the open by subscription model, actually one of the unique things is it does allow a true down. So if for some reason your company were to downsize this year, when you got to the end of the year, you'd count your PCs, and if it's lower, you'd enter the lower number, and that's how many you'd pay for in the following year. So it maps the size of your company. And on the flip side, the benefit is, if you're, if you're covered company-wide through open by subscription, and you add new PCs during the year, you don't pay anything to install the software you're covered company-wide on, on those new PCs, until you get to your next year true-up, and you count the number of PCs again. So it gives the small, mid-sized businesses this great flexibility so that if they know they're covered company-wide, they know they can use the software anywhere inside their business. It's not a matter of counting how many licenses do we have, what version do we have access to, and trying to manage all that. It gives them the freedom to adopt it across the board and utilize it, and plus they're getting cost savings and additional software assurance benefits as well. That's great. I mean, that's, uh, that's something new for I Actually, that's the first time I heard that term. So, you know, it's great. So what, what are some of the... Now, maybe you mentioned you, you kind of spelled out some of the benefits of uh, software assurance there really quick, and I've understood, you know, we, we do quite a bit of software assurance here, but what are, what are some of the, the, the benefits that a partner can get by recommending, uh, you know, of course, open value subscription comes with soft, software assurance, but if you mm -hmm. break it down, what are some of the benefits of software assurance has to offer uh, a small business today? Well, so and the, the, the biggest benefit that everybody's aware of is the upgrade protection. 
So when you have software assurance, any new version that comes out during that term, you get access to. You don't have to go out and acquire it. It's just you have access to it. You can deploy it whenever you want. And so you have you can adopt it at your at your leisure. Some of the other benefits, uh, so for instance, spread payments. You know, through the Open Value Program, the software assurance one of the software assurance benefits is the ability to spread your payment over over the three years, and subscription is built in there as well. Uh, the e-learning courses. So you think about today, like for instance, with, with Office coming out, when new versions come out, there's new interfaces, there's new functionality, there's new features, or even in existing versions. So you think about your clients who may have Office 2003 today. Are they full, fully utilizing all of the capabilities inside there? Do they really know how to do mail merges in Word or pivot tables in Excel? Or do they know how to use the advanced, uh, advanced features in PowerPoint? Well, what we heard is training would be great. So we put together these courses called e-learning courses, and for the software you're covered on, we will actually get you, it's included in software assurance, so there's no additional cost, a bunch of electronic learning courses where you can sit down and go through you know, Word 101 and Excel 101, PowerPoint 101, there's an Office 2000 that walks you through the ribbon and how the ribbon interface works, and on Vista, the new interface and where you'd find you know, the backup and recovery and all the different things included inside there. So it helps clients not only uh, access technology, but learn more about it. And for partners, it's a great opportunity, you know, to, to build on to that as well. There's uh, it, there's training vouchers. So as you hit a certain number of licenses with Software Assurance, Microsoft will actually give you as a client training vouchers that you can redeem with Microsoft Training Partners to get free in-person uh, one-day courses or multiple-day courses to go more in depth on the training side. On the Windows side, there's Windows Vista Enterprise. So if you have software assurance on your Windows upgrade licenses, not only do you have Windows Vista Business, you get access to Vista Enterprise and Vista Ultimate. Enterprise, for example, has some functionality not included in other versions. So virtualization is a big thing right now. Uh, so Vista includes the ability to have virtualized machines running on your PC. Well, if you install operating systems in the virtual, oper in the virtual machine, you need licenses for those operating systems. With Vista Enterprise, we actually give you four operating system licenses to run in that virtual machine. So there's no additional cost to do that for up to four, up to four virtual machines there. So you'll receive that. The multi-user interface, which allows you to interface with your PC in multiple languages, for instance, if you have uh, employees who may not use English as their, as their native language. You have BitLocker, the ability to secure your data more effectively on mobile devices as opposed to leaving it more free. And you know, hear about notebooks disappearing every now and then. BitLocker is designed to protect against that. So again, a software assurance benefit out there. Uh, home use program, this is a great one. Uh, you think about, I mentioned earlier, clients who use Office, do they really get the full extent of it? Well, some feedback we had received and heard, and I'm sure you guys see it, is how many times you see an employee come in and they'll bring software from home into the business, and you'll ask, well, why? Like, oh, well, I know how to use that. I know I get my job done because I use it all the time. And so you were thinking about that, going, well, that's, that's a great piece of feedback. So with Office, if you have software assurance on your Office licenses, you get the home use right, which means we'll give you a license of Office to install at home. It's just included in software assurance. It's not additional cost. They'll have to buy a set of media, which is like 20 25 bucks, But then they can install at home, and they can use Office on their home PC, which allows them to learn how to use it more, become more efficient with it, and they come to work, and they're more efficient with it. And then, uh, again, driving more additional value built in there. On the server side, you were mentioning disaster disaster recovery. <clears throat> we think about it, if you have off-site uh, disaster recovery site set up and you have your server software installed on those uh, backup servers 
the cold backup out there, you're buying server licenses for those cold backup servers, which hopefully you never need. Well, on the server side, if you have software assurance on your servers, we will actually give you a second server license to install on a cold backup server so that in the event that you do have a disaster, you can bring up that server while your main one comes back up and then switch it over. So it is designed to be cold backup. It's not, it's not a hot backup. It is a cold backup. But again, you're not, you don't have to pay for a second license. We're going to give it to you just because you have software assurance. And, and there's plenty of other things out there, like the desktop and the MDOP, the desktop optimization pack, which provides a bunch of tools into uh, adding on to the system software. So, yeah, software assurance is really a, a more, much more holistic uh, feature and benefit today than it you know, was when it first came out and being just upgrades. Perfect. Well, there seems to be a lot, a lot of uh, extra benefits there. And why, as a partner, we wouldn't be looking at that to uh, recommend to our clients, especially the uh, coal spare on the disaster recovery. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. And one thing I'll, I'll point out, so people think about the upgrades. As a partner, one of the opportunities that really comes up is think about when new technology comes out and you talk to your clients about moving to the new version. How many times have you gone in and said, oh, there's this great new, th- there's great new version, let me show you it. And like, that's pretty cool. How much is that going to cost? And then they see what the cost is to buy the software to get to the next version. And they say, oh, we'll wait. So things get delayed or put off. Or they'll say, great, let's do that. And then they look at their budget. They don't have budget left for your services as a partner to come in and help them do it. So they acquire the software and figure they're going to do it on their own. And you know, from a partner side, how well does that go from a management when you go in and try to fix the installation? With upgrade protection, when a new version comes out, it changes your conversation as a partner. It's, hey, there's this cool new stuff out here. Let me show you it. And by the way, it won't cost you anything to get it. Would you like me to come in and set up a time to install it? Now, all the budget dollars can support your engagement with them to install it, deploy it, train on it, and the hardware to support it. There are zero software costs now when you go to those new versions. So if you think of software assurance, that's just one example. It actually opens up huge opportunities for services partners to go in and engage more deeply with their clients. So, Eric, you mean our, our partners using SA today, or is there still some kind of pushback there? Well, so it's interesting because it will it, vary by partners. So, you know, some partners understand software assurance and what it provides, and others, you know, are still trying to come on board. So, for example, I just I just recorded a uh, an, an online partner cast with a services partner last Friday, which is going to be coming live shortly, and they look at their business, and all they do is services. They don't transact licensing. Yet, he's gone through and come and come to understand how the licensing works, how software assurance works. They have you know about a 90-plus percent SA attach rate and almost all open value sales to their customers, even though they don't transact. Mm-hmm. So they'll go in and explain the benefits of volume licensing, what it means to the business, the value of software assurance, what it means to their business. And then they'll say, okay, here's the part numbers. Go buy them from somebody. When they when it gets here, let me know. Yeah. And because as a services partner, they know what that means to their business if their clients have software assurance and if they have open value, and and their their customer satisfaction is through the roof. But again, it's again based on understanding what that provides to them. So some partners are actually utilizing these incredibly effectively, and the growth in their business is really strong. And then other other partners again, part of my job is to help try to evangelize and say show you how you can use this as a partner, what this does mean to your business, and. It is really a huge opportunity for partners to help your clients. And with subscription, that's it, it, just one more tool to get there. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's huge value. There's huge value there. Eric, on the OBS side, what products are covered? Is it all Microsoft products, or is there only specific products that are covered under open value subscription? 
So open value subscription is the majority of the open value program uh, of the open value products. <clears throat> so you'll see things out there like your server products and your Visio and your CRM and uh, all the different things out there. But the products are broken up into two groups. So there are the enterprise products, and these are the products that are available on a company-wide basis, like we talked earlier. And those enterprise products are Office Small Business, Office Professional Plus, the SBS CAL, the Core CAL the Windows Vista Business Upgrade, and then our two suites being the Small Business Desktop, which includes uh, an Office Small Business License and SBSK on the Windows Upgrade, or the other suite being the Desktop Professional, which has Office Pro Plus, the Windows Upgrade, and the Core Cal. So when entering into those products, those are done on a company-wide basis through Open Value Subscription. All the other products offered through Open Value Subscription are what we call additional products. So those can be added on one at a time. They're non-company-wide. They can be added on a handful here, one there, you know, whatever your company needs. That's how you can add them on either on your initial agreement or any time during it. But, you, but actually, the, the price list is pretty comprehensive with the items listed for open by subscription. Okay, so yeah, so it sounds like just any most of the products out there that are that we deal with day to day in our in our small business clients. So if they're looking at SQL Server cows or terminal server, terminal server cows, we <laughs> have to follow the traditional licensing paths for those. Yeah. So yeah. So product licensing and you know, how the products themselves are licensed. So like ter how terminal services works and how server cales and all that. None of that changes. I mean, open value subscription is just another way to acquire it. The product licensing doesn't change at all. Okay. Yep. So how do you know when it comes March third? I do believe is the date that it's going to be available um, U.S. and Canada. I believe both uh, both countries. Correct. And how do we as a partner uh, buy this or you know get this for our clients? What's the process look like? So what we did is we mapped it directly into the standard acquisition models you guys already have today. So you think about how you already acquire open business and open value. It's all a through-channel model. So you will talk to your volume licensing distributors and acquire you know, open business and open value today. Open value subscription will work the exact same way. So you can just talk to your distributor, the, the Microsoft volume licensing desks that are available at the distributors. They can help you with the, the part numbers and the pricing. Uh, they'll help you fill out the e-agreement forms. They'll do the exact same order process as you would today for open business or open value. Is the exact same process you'll have for open value subscription. Okay, so just get it through Ingram, Tech Data, Cynix, whatever one we're using today would be the, the normal course of uh, action here. Absolutely, absolutely. So I'm just going to open up the phone lines, Eric, for anybody who may be listening who wants to come on board and ask us a question. You can dial in at area code 646-716-8372. So the lines are all open at 646-716-8372. And also have the chat room open uh, through Blog Talk Radio. You can get on there and uh, ask a question through the chat room if you're a little hesitant about getting on uh, on the telephone. So, Eric, we've got an SMB Summit coming up here on April the 18th and 21st in Dallas. Uh, are you going to be there? It's still, unde still undetermined. So we're trying to figure out with schedules and everything else going on. So uh, it's it, it's being discussed right now. <laughs> well, the reason I ask, I just wonder if there's going to be any uh, anything around on the on the agenda for uh, discussion discussing this uh, to the partners that may you know haven't had a chance to talk on the webinars or uh, listen to our our webcast today. Yeah. So yeah, as we mentioned, you know, right now we're we're going through a bunch of schedules because you know, with the rollout, uh, as you can imagine, we're going to be in several places. And so, um, I, as soon as I know, I'll, I'll definitely let you know. I, I, I'm still trying to work on the calendar. Oh, perfect. So, I mean, what is what are some of the opportunities to to customers or or to partners here with uh, with the open value subscription? You know, what is uh, what are some of the value or some, what are some of the opportunities to the partners? Where, where can we uh, 
gain the maximum opportunity here? Well, so I mean, the OVAC description opens up a ton of doors. So you think about right now, a lot of times in the small and mid-sized business space, how customers acquire, they acquire one-offs. So they'll buy a handful here, a handful there. And so for you as a partner, when you engage with them and support their systems, think about sometimes how painful that can be where you're, ma you're managing multiple different versions and you're managing, you know, do they have licenses, do they not have licenses, what versions do they have, or what do they have there? And you're trying to put it all together as you're trying to help them take advantage of technology. And sometimes that takes up additional time, which the customer sometimes sees as being a pain point because it takes so long to do technology. And the customers see technology as this pain in the asset as opposed to an asset for their business, right? And so open value subscription provides a way, because their initial agreement is company-wide, to move to a standardized platform. So they will have software available across every PC. So think about a lot of partners are, are looking at managed services. So you know, being able to support a system will have a standardized environment. How much easier is that to support? And what does that mean for you as far as ROI on your, on your support agreements? So big opportunity to standardize environments. Also, because the initial agreements are company-wide, it's not as much of the uh, one-off purchases. So if they're going to buy Office Pro, they're going to buy it for every PC in the company. So that opens up doors not only from the, the transaction side on how many licenses are acquired, but then from a deployment side, you can now help them utilize that technology across the board or standardize on the Windows operating system. Or if they standardize on SBS scales across the board and you know, so for instance, they do small business desktop suite, which includes the w Windows upgrade, the SBS scale, and the Office small business, well, they may do it just for the Windows and the Office because of the price savings. Well, now you have SBS scales across the board. It makes that conversation to introduce a server much easier because there is the scale costs are already covered. It's just introducing that server. Uh, so, from a from an engagement perspective, from a services opportunity, there's huge uh, huge open doors there. But then also from the opportunity to have a conversation. So I mentioned the up to date discount. If you think of who that applies to, so any, any of the partners listening, think about. Do you know any clients who have Windows XP Pro today or Windows Vista Business today or that have Office 2003 or Office 2007 licenses in their environment? Again, OEM, retail, volume, it doesn't matter. If they do have those, or SBS, CALs, or Core CALs, you can have a conversation with them about, hey, here's a way to move, you know, if you're looking to do any type of upgrading, at 50% off in that first year through OpenVice subscription. And so from a pricing point, you know, if you, if you take a look at the price list, so for instance, you know, Office Pro Plus, if they were going to take advantage of that uh, through OpenVice subscription and they were getting a 50% discount, you're talking about getting to Office Pro Plus 2007 for around $90 a desktop. And that's estimated retail price. So obviously selling pr the sell price will be a little bit lower for you, know, you guys, as whatever you bring, bring out to your clients. But when's the last time you were able to tell them, hey, are you ready to get the most current version of Office for $90 per desktop? We'll get you there through up-to-date discount this first year. And then ongoing, it's just one payment per year, count your PCs uh, on the annual payment, and you, you can set them up there. So it, it's a great opportunity to have that initial conversation with your clients about the Windows side, about the Office side, about the Cal side, about standardizing on desktops, about all the different things uh, to help them do that. And one of the nice things is because financing can uh, – OpenVice subscription can be combined with financing as they move to the platform deployments and they move to all that. Talk to them about, okay, well, yeah, are you looking into your hardware? Are you looking, well, we can help you with, with the services side. You can wrap this all into Microsoft financing to finance the whole thing over three years if you wanted to. And we have the big easy offer in the U.S. here currently available for 
uh, partner subsidy rebate. So Microsoft will write a check to the customer but made out to you, the partner, to subsidize your engagement with them to help them deploy, get trained on, and utilize it. Uh, it, it it's a huge opportunity in the market right now with the old subscription coming forward. This just has not been there before from the price point, from the savings, from the update discount, from the deployment. Uh, it, it's big. And what's the, what's the minimum criteria? Like what, how many does a uh, small business have to buy to qualify for OBS? So the initial agreement, as I mentioned, is the first agreement has to be company-wide, for one of the enterprise products. You could do multiple enterprise products, but at least one. So the minimum size is five PCs. So it, any, any company with between five and 250 PCs can enter into an open buyer subscription agreement. This is for the whole uh, small, mid-sized SMSMP space. <clears throat> now what's interesting is I mentioned five is the minimum, but you have to do it company-wide. You may remember back when we introduced the small business desktop, which was that suite, and that had a minimum five as well. But one, one, of, one of our really quick partners came up and, and called me up one day and says, hey, I've got a client with only three PCs, and I've done some math on this. It'll actually cost them less to do the small business desktop for three PCs than to sell them individually at five. Is it okay if I sell them five and just give them two extra until they can grow? Well, yeah, absolutely. And so if you look at subscription, even though it is a minimum of five, if you have a three PC company out there or a four PC company, and this makes sense for them, the cost savings you'll recognize through my subscription well, far off offset the, the the price increase of going to another licensing model if they want subscription. So sign for five PCs. It'll probably end up costing them less. Again, you can run the numbers. It'll probably end up costing them less to have those five. And as they grow to that fourth PC or their fifth PC, they're already covered. So again, it's yeah, it's five PC minimum. But you have to do company wide on one of the enterprise products. And it's an a- and from what I understand, it's an annual payment. So we just cal- uh, calculate the number of PCs every year and then uh, report that back to distribution, and we pay on that. So if we you know if a company either shrinks or grows, we just report back, and that's what the bill is for year two, year three, because it is a three-year agreement, correct? It is a three-year agreement, and you can, you can renew it for three years as well. The enterprise products, you simply count once a year, and that's all you do. For additional products, when you bring on additional products, you pay for them in the month they're, they're installed, and then they're just wrapped into your annual payments moving forward. Okay, perfect. Eric, you mentioned the Big Easy promotion. I never heard of that before. We don't, I don't believe we have that in Canada here, but for the U.S. partners, could you just go through that once again? Sure. So as partners may, may know, we always have a wide variety of offers in market. So this last year we had the Windows server offer in market. We had an Office server uh, offer in market. We had an SBS server offer in market. We had an Exchange server offer in market. And if you go to MicrosoftIncentives.com, that's where we list all of our incentives. And at one point, I think we had 28 offers in market at one time. Now, the positive side is there's a lot of offers to utilize. The downside is you're managing 28 offers, and which ones can you use, and when do they apply, and all that kind of stuff. So we took a step back and said, how do we make this easier? There's got to be a way. And so we came up with the idea of what if we were to take all of our offers and bring them into one big offer? And that's the Big Easy. So the Big Easy incorporates the various products and the rebates, the partner subsidy rebates available through them into one offer. And because we did so, we actually added some additional elements. So if you buy, so in the past you bought Windows Server, you'd get your subsidy. If you bought Office, you'd get your subsidy, but they're, they're handled completely separately. Now what we're doing is, as we, since we got to pull them together, if you buy multiple product families, we will increase your subsidy. So if they buy, for instance, SBS server and they buy Office, 
not only are they going to get the rebates on them individually, but because they've bought two separate product families, we're going to increase the rebate on both of them. And then if they were to add on a third, a, a third product family or a fourth product family, we will increase the, the subsidies on all, the, on all those products as well. So there's not only the ways to receive the subsidies, but you can increase your subsidies in three ways. One is buying more product families. Another one is if you add software assurance, it increases it. And another one is moving up to the enterprise version. So if you go from Office Standard to Office Professional Plus, you're going to get more per, uh, more per based on, uh, on each, one you, each one you purchase. So it's a great opportunity to combine offers, to combine uh, product offers, and because it's retro, as for your partner, think about, you know, have you ever gone in and gotten, gotten a win because of an incentive, and then they want to do something six months later. With Big Easy, if they do something six months later and, and Big Easy is still on market, we'll retro pay and increase the amount they received on the first purchase because it added more product families. So it's really a, a great way to bring all, all the offers into one, most of our offers into one big offer and help provide more dollars through it. Perfect. I mean, it's a great incentive for uh, the U.S. partners to uh, you know, leverage more and get some more value from the, from the Microsoft licensing and the relationship with their clients. Now, Eric, I can't remember if we talked about this yet or not, but are you aware in Canada if the Open 3 promotion uh, qualifies for open value subscription? It absolutely does. I, I did verify that. And so for, yes, all the partners in, in Canada, uh, the minimum, and I, actually I probably should say that. <laughs> you can tell I was still thinking U.S. at the time. But, yeah, absolutely. Because you guys have the Open Value 3 promotion going on where you can actually start an open license at a minimum of three licenses, for subscription, it will be three in Canada for as long as the Open Value Three pilot is in market. Perfect. Well, even a greater value for us Canadian partners to lower and lower the bar barrier of entry for some of our smaller clients that are out there. Eric, in, in closing, we have a, a few minutes left here. Is there anything that we've missed? Anything you want to touch on uh, before we wrap up this morning? Yeah. Well, one, one thing I, I just really want to encourage partners to do is you know, looking at this where we are today. Make sure that you utilize some of the resources that are out there. So, for instance, on Open by Subscription, we're running these 90-minute webcasts about what they are, how they work, the opportunity for the clients, opportunity for the customers, and for partners. It leverages those. I mean, they're available live. They're available on demand. You can see them at msreadiness.com, WAC, New Open Value. Utilize, for the, for the U.S. partners, utilize the incentives we have. And, again, think about this holistically, right? Not only are you engaging with the opportunity, around the technology, think about utilizing the tools, for instance, the licensing programs such as Open by Subscription, bring in the subsidies such as the Big Easy, and again, it's all at MicrosoftIncentives.com, wrap it together as you're talking about services and you're talking about the hardware, use Microsoft Financing to put together a holistic package for your clients. It's really utilizing the various tools that are out there. Um, and for those who aren't familiar, well, aren't familiar Again, you know, part of my job is to make sure that a lot of that stuff's out there for you guys and, and we're communicating it to you. So if you don't currently follow the blog, I recommend uh, signing up for it. You, know, you can do RSS feeds. It's at mssmallbizblog.com. And again, you can do search out there. We always post about the offers and the questions we're hearing from partners and the upcoming webcasts and things like that. So a big session is going to be go out and learn about don't buy a subscription coming, learn about Big Easy if you're here in the U.S., learn about financing if you haven't already, because each one of those independently provides big opportunities for you as partners to help your clients, but then as you bring them together, it gets even greater. Uh, so 
definitely you know, leverage that. And if you're not already a Microsoft Small Business Specialist, that's something you really need to look into because when we came out with Small Business Specialist several years ago, it was designed to be a program to provide resources and value to partners who focus on servicing the needs of small businesses. So we put a bunch of different things into that uh, program. And for instance, like, you know, we've got a guy, the four-hour SLA on, on the support groups, a bunch of things in place where as partners you'll get, you'll get access and resources to that. So if you focus on servicing small business and you're not currently a Microsoft Small Business Specialist, I would highly encourage you to go take a look into that. Uh, for your business and for the resources it can provide you moving forward. So that's my quick overview. That's great, man. I think you, you kind of nailed the importance of being a small business specialist because one of our one of the what's well, the biggest and the greatest certification we have in our client in our uh, sorry in our company the one we have the most pride around is the uh, small business specialist. Yeah, we're a gold partner. We're a member of the Excellence Program in Canada for gold partners. But the one that has the most significant impact on the way we do business is our small business specialist. Uh, designation, which is, which is, you know, when we go into competitive situations, it just gives us another uh, competitive advantage over some of our competitors who may not be in that uh, in that community. Eric, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for your time this morning. It's always a pleasure to have you on and talking with you. For those uh, that have other questions or want to get more information, what was your blog address again, and how can people reach you? Uh, so the the blog is ms small biz blog.com so it's m-s-s-m-a-l-l-b-i-z-b-l-o-g.com and you can also reach it through ms small biz which is my community landing site which has access to the user group the website and the blog uh, and so uh, reaching me if both on the ms small biz site there's a pcm team map on the upper right hand side click on us headquarters will take you right to my page so you've access right through there, also through the blog as well. Uh, click on the contact me, uh, it'll take you off to the MS uh, Small Biz um, alias to contact me and give me your feedback because I love getting feedback from partners because it's great. And then also my user group, um, obviously since that's my, my group, I'm re- very readily available there as well. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you again for your time uh, this morning. I know you're a busy man, so we'll let you get back uh, to your day-to-day activities there. But I want to thank you for taking some time out to talk to us this morning. Oh, it was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I really do appreciate it. And uh, just a few uh, announcements here quickly before we uh, close for the day. Uh, just a reminder that uh, next week we have Harry Brailsford on talking about, uh, I call it Inside SMB with Harry B. is the tagline for the show. And that will be uh, next Friday, same time, on blogtalkradio.com slash SMB. March the 7th is Matt Mackwood talking about some of the objections we face uh, selling managed services into the small business uh, community. And we got a number of great shows um, in the works coming up uh, in the next little while as well. We're trying to get uh, some people on from SonicWall to talk about some of the security initiatives. And we're going to be talking with uh, some of the small business uh, server team in March as well around the launch of the new small business server uh, product uh, coming uh, this year. And also a reminder, if you haven't done so already, I, I highly recommend that you uh, sign up to go to SMB Summit April the 18th to the 21st, and it'll be held in Dallas, Texas. Uh, and it's going to be a wonderful uh, a conference uh, in Dallas. And I know there's some great uh, technical as well as business tracks lined up and a deep dive into the new small business server product and the essential business server, which we talked about last week. 
So this is Stuart Crawford in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, signing off for Small Business IT Radio for this week. Again, if you can reach out to us by visiting my blog at stuartcrawford.com, and you can uh, find my contact information on there to uh, drop me a line. And uh, our website is small, our website for the show is blogtalkradio.com/smb. Have a great week, and we'll talk with you next week.